it's the first day of my 13th birthday. Could be unlucky. 13th birthday is unlucky anyway. Too old to get tit, too young to get ass. Fucked out of the way. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Have you checked me, children? We all go a little mad sometimes. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of From Dust Till Dawn. I am your host, Don Lahi. This is a horror movie review podcast where we like to review horror movies. The way that we choose our horror movies is that we go to a horror movie generator, we hit generate, it gives us a movie. And then we watch it and we review it and we pot it, baby. This week's generator gave us 1991's The People Under the Stairs, written and directed by Wes Craven. This is our first um, first Wes Craven, won't be our last. He is a horror icon. I love Wes Craven. Um, R.I.P. Big, big guy. Um, IMDb gave it a 6.4 and Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 70%. Highly disagree with these scores. Um, The plot to this reads, two adults and a juvenile break into a house occupied by a brother and sister and their stolen child. There, they must fight for their lives. I guess more juvenile than two adults. The first line in this movie is, Swords and staves. Tough road you got this year. Tough movie that we're about to watch this year. But I'm I'm this is gonna be a short episode, folks. Uh I did not necessarily enjoy this movie at all. Go watch it and then listen to the episode. Uh because I'm not gonna try to explain this movie. I'm just going to bring up the points that I have written down. It was confusing. It was just people running around in a house for an hour and 40 minutes. I understand that there was symbolism behind poverty and that we need to eat the rich, but I did not. Everything besides that, I was like, why the fuck is this this? It is structured as a comedy slash horror slash thriller slash mystery and Wes Craven is known to have some weird um, taboo subjects in a lot of his films, a lot of his work, but this just tonally made no sense. I was checking to see when it was going to be over. It is what it is. It seemed kind of like a Goosebumps episode, a really long Goosebumps episode, minus all the N-bombs that they were throwing around or wanted to throw around was way, way too campy for me. Missed the mark. Uh, Like cartoon, Scooby-Doo, campy. Very strange in every little aspect of it. Uh, Too campy. Way too campy. The delivery and the lines were weak and over the top. I felt like because it was so campy, the only... Uh, person actually nailing their lines was Everett McGill, who plays uh, Daddy or the Man in this. But um, and he was also, I believe, he was also in Silver Bullet, and he was in Twin Peaks, um, Heartbreak Ridge, Dune, License to Kill. He's been in a couple. He's sort of recognizable, but 
he was kind of the only one that I was like, okay, if this is going to be camp, he's kind of nailing it here. Brandon Quinton Adams, who plays Fool, you might recognize him from Sandlot or The Mighty Ducks. His lines were just, I know, I know that he's a young actor, but his line delivery was awful, awful. Wendy Robbie, uh, who played Mommy or The Woman. I don't know. She was also in Twin Peaks. They're just weird, I guess. I, I'm not too sure. AJ Langer, who played Alice. She was okay. Ving Rames was Ving Rames in this. He's just constantly saying badass shit. He plays Leroy. Love Ving Rames. Uh, if you don't know who Ving Rames is, he's in Pulp Fiction. He's in uh, Dawn of the Dead. He's in Bringing Out the Dead. He's in Mission Impossible. Love Ving Rames. Big Ving Rames fan. But he was only in this for like 17 minutes. They really got rid of him at a at a dumb time. Kelly Jo Minter, she plays Ruby. Um, she's also in A Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Child. And she's also in The Lost Boys. So she's uh, has some horror background. Bill Cobbs, who plays the grandpa, he, you know, he's in Demolition Man, that thing you do, you recognize him if you saw him, he's in a million movies, uh, he's he's only in it for a little bit, he nails it, he nails anything that he's in, but he wasn't in this long enough for me to uh, let it kind of cure all the uh, camp poisoning that I went through, uh, but yeah, the delivery of the lines were very weak. Uh, the pacing was so off. Like I said, it's just people running around a house, frantically calling each other mommy and daddy, running after a child with a shotgun uh, for an hour and 43 minutes. I felt that this movie was obviously about society and the class system that we unfortunately have to ride out where the rich kind of eat the poor. But to every one rich asshole, there are 10 pissed off poor people that kind of are tired to get getting fucked over. But that kind of that feeling kind of comes up at the end of the film and it and it kind of peeks its head out here and there throughout the film. But it's not like it doesn't feel like a main theme. The main theme seems like two fucking weirdos uh, that are keeping people under their stairs and in their walls uh, for no real purpose just that they don't want them out of the house so then they will tell the police what's going on in there necessarily shouldn't have been called the people under the stairs maybe it should have been called the people who have other people under the stairs because there was very little of the actual people under the stairs the it, it's a bit misleading from the very beginning we have some foreshadowing of a uh, tarot card reading if you watch that and then watch the movie it kind of works out here and there the first sign of something weird is uh, uh you see someone kind of uh, sticking their hand out of a vent with long fingernails i'm like okay but you know but you know that something's going on with the people under the stairs so you're not like what the hell is that you're like oh that must be the people under the stairs so it doesn't really bug you out that much so they're pretty much going into this house to go steal uh, some kind of treasure that's in the house that they heard about. And because they're about to be evicted from their house and their mom has 
um, cancer and they want to fix the cancer and stay in the house. So they go and they go rob the people who are going to be kicking them out of the house, people who own the building, if that makes any sense. Like I said, go watch it. I mean, that that's not that confusing, but they're about to break into the house and Ving Rhames and uh, who plays Leroy and Fool, who is played by Brandon Quinton Adams, uh, are at, at the front door. Ving Rhames is holding a fucking crowbar and Fool rings the doorbell and waiting for someone to come to the door to see if anyone's there. And there's just a dude standing there with a crowbar. Like, that's not going to work. Think they're going to open the door for you? And they also park in their driveway. These aren't very professional robbers. Uh, Ving Rhames obviously has some great lines in it. I didn't write any of them down because there's literally everything he says is some kind of like little quip that I kind of chuckled at. Uh, Ving Rhames gets attacked by a dog and then the kid tries to get the dog's attention by saying, hey, fuzzball, your mother sleeps with cats. Uh, So I guess that was funny. I don't know. But the dog did respond to it, so it's pretty wild. I remember watching this film with someone a really long time ago, maybe like in my 20s, and they said, oh, this guy's hair turns white. When you get scared to death, your hair turns white. And up until just an hour ago, I thought that was true. And I looked it up. It's not true. So thanks a lot, person. You lied to me. That's not what happens. That's just in stories. Uh, I guess I'm more gullible than I thought I was. Every This whole house is like a prison. You can't get out. All the windows are locked up. There's electricity flowing through the house, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they, Ving Rhames and, uh, and Fool here, they try to get out of the house because the people come back home. They go to the front door. The door is electrocuted, and it electrocutes Fool, and Ving Rhames literally just is like, whatever, and, and walks away. Gave me a good little chuckle. Then they have the dog attack them again. The dog takes up a lot of time in this film. A lot of dog chases and they and it's kind of boring and then they all hold hands while the dog is attached to Ving Rames' arm and they grab the door handle and electrocute the dog and I was like, Oh, okay, that's uh cool. But the way that they kind of get electrocuted is very cartoon like. Like I said, the owners of this uh oh right, Ving Rames gets shot. He so he's gone. 17 minutes in, 20 minutes in, maybe. Ving Rhames is out of the movie. So that sucks. I uh, really enjoyed his presence. And then he's taken out. And I feel like you, we could have done more. Like, the house is massive. You could have had Fool at one end of the house and Leroy, played by Ving Rhames, at the other side of the house. And we didn't do that. We just got rid of him. Like I said, the parents um, slash owners of this house are call, calling each other mommy and daddy. And maybe if you watch this film, you'll stop calling people daddy and mommy because it's kind of unsettling. Also, daddy is a leather daddy and he's running around in a gimp suit, which is funny because he's dressed up like a gimp and Ving Rhames is in it. And if you've ever seen Pulp Fiction, you can connect the dots yourself. The dog eating the hand was really gross. Looked like a real hand. There's a point where the dog is once again chasing someone, fool, 
and I know that it's a fake dog, but Fool uh, punches the dog right in the face, and it gave me... I was laughing. That was funny. I don't like when dogs get hurt, but when this happened, it was just so fake, and the sound was so funny that I was like, well, at least something, you know, I'm getting something out of this. Uh, there's this little creature named Roach, um, who's played by Sean Whalen, and... He kind of is somewhat of like a hero in this, but also a creep. Uh, his tongue being cut out was kind of gross. Uh, eventually he dies and gives some gold to Fool. Um, but he's not really in this a lot. Doesn't really play a big part. So this is like the tonal feel of this movie. They're literally, you can see that this is rated 18A. And you can see them cutting Ving Rhames' guts out. and the daddy is eating them and feeding it to the basement people. And before we just punched a dog in the face. So it, I just don't understand the tone because it was, it looked really realistic. They throw Ving in a, in a little um, thing under the house. Uh, and then they throw fool in a, the, the basement with all the, stolen children that they had before that weren't good enough for them and uh the basement people are gonna pretty much eat fool and then roach starts scaring the roach pops up out of the little hole that ving was thrown in and he's holding the dead body up and going ooh with the dead body and i didn't understand like i was so confused fool saw this he's looking at his friend dead rib cage out and he's not mortified he's just happy to see this tongueless stranger that he just met that crawls through the walls so i guess kids uh very impressionable i'm not too sure there's a comedy style dick punch that i really liked when uh fool was saving alice from daddy I also feel like Daddy could have been played by Jim Carrey. If you've seen this, then you know what I'm talking about. Daddy's shotgun has about 400 million shells in it. He never is shown reloading, but he's always got enough ammo to uh, blow the entire wall out of a hallway. Uh, you think that it's a weird happy ending. Uh, it's not. Fool's going to go back and try to save Alice. Turns out Mommy and Daddy were sisters. And the grandpa, uh, played by Bill Cobbs, uh, is telling uh, this to Fool. And how the fuck does he know? How does he know all this strange shit about these people? And he's probably double the age of the people who live there. And he goes, when we were kids, we we would never walk by that house. But they also do say something about generations and blah, blah, blah. So maybe that's what it was. They're weird kids from weird parents before them. And you know how it works. Fool calls the cops and says that there's children being abused in this house. Cops go there and they find nothing. Uh, that's a way for Fool to sneak in back into the house. And Daddy gets in his leather and tries to kill him. And uh, he's there to pretty much save Alice. And they kind of start getting out of the house. And then there's a chimney fight, which was confusing. I didn't know chimneys ran through the entire house. Uh, but okay. Uh, people get their head jumped on from 20 feet up. They don't die. They get a brick thrown at their head. They don't die. Must be the leather suit that keep, gives them extra strength. I'm not too sure. It's 
just boring. This movie is just boring because it's just the same shit. You go upstairs, they get the crazy Satan hater, mommy and daddy don't like that there's people in the house. So they freak out and they try to find them. They scream, they yell, they say burn in hell. They say a bunch of random lines and then the kids crawl through the walls and then it recycles and recycles and recycles. Uh, Fool finds a room with a bunch of money and gold in it. And I don't really know what he's thinking at this point, but he does find dynamite in there. Uh, And it's also, there's one last little fight scene with Alice and the mom. They kind of have it out on each other. The mom is extremely awful to Alice. The dad is as well, or the brother or whatever you want to call him. Uh, He's extremely shitty to Alice. Alice finally gets her revenge and the basement people are now nice people and they uh, eat the mom. So didn't see that coming. People under the stairs, you seem to be nice people who can be turned very easily. Uh, Fool blows up the house with the dynamite that he finds in the room with all the gold. The house like explodes and then nothing in the house is screwed up on fire, singed, nothing. So just kind of confusing and that's literally all i have um everything else is running through a house yelling at each other calling people names really bad comeback lines a lack of ving rames for about an hour and 20 minutes of this movie i feel like if maybe i watched this movie back when it came out well i was very young when this movie came out but when this movie If I watch this movie at a younger age, maybe I would have a little bit more appreciation for it. But I honestly just didn't feel anything towards it. And I didn't understand what was going on. It felt like an adult version of Home Alone, but a really bad version of it. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. I'm going to rate this film. On this podcast, we like to... Rate our films with Don's dollars, one being the least amount of money that we'd spend to go see it in a movie theater, and 10 being the most amount of money that we'd spend to go see it in a theater. And I'm going to give this $1. Uh, and please ask for it back at the end. Uh, this movie was incredibly boring. It seemed like a kid's movie, but it was rated 18A. It had a bunch of very weird tones to it. So I don't know. So thank you everyone for listening. I'm sorry that this was so short and I seem angry, but this movie just pissed me off. I don't know. I, I love Wes Craven. I love a lot of his work. I know that he's a weirdo, but he just, um, yeah, he missed the ball on this. What maybe it was better when it came out. I know they, they made their money back on this, but yeah, not too impressed. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Please go follow from dust till dawn on, uh, Instagram. And, yeah, when you're calling your significant other daddy, just remember, this movie sucked. Love ya.